0: The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. Well, what's up, folks? What did I miss? It's uh, been a couple of weeks since I've been able to sit down here and record a show. And uh, did I miss something? Did Did I miss something? Hang on. Wait. What? No. It can't be. It is. (laughs) Yes, it's been a while since I've uh, sat in front of a microphone here and talked about professional wrestling. Despite the fact you got a show for me last week, you all know that I pre-recorded my stuff quite a while ago to uh, have a little vacation. And now that I've had that... I'm going to talk about all the stuff that I haven't gotten a chance to talk about on this show yet, including the return of one Charles Montgomery Punk. My goodness. (laughs) Folks, welcome to episode 43 of the Fretzelmania podcast. At last, I am Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania, that's F-R-E-T. ZLE Mania. This podcast is available on Wrestle Attic Radio. The cure for the common wrestling podcast on all common listening platforms. Today I'm talking CM Punk, SummerSlam, NXT. Where's Adam Cole gonna go? Predicting all out. Talking about the new show Heels. Oh, and this little thing called Retro Raw Review from September 2001. Stay tuned, my friends. This is a packed Go. Now, the day I am recording this, which is uh, Sunday, August the 29th, is uh, my cousin Johnny's birthday. So I want to give a special shout out to uh, Johnny Fretz. Happy uh, 45th birthday, cuz. I hope you're doing well, and... If you're listening to this show in the meat room, get your ass back to work and uh, make me some of that sausage and <laughs> send it to to my mom. And yes, uh, last week, the 22nd to the 25th, I was back home in uh, my hometown, a little village just outside of of Toronto, hanging out with my parents and seeing some family, some of which I haven't seen in over a decade. So, a big shout-out to my cousin Jerry. If you're listening to this, I am going to send this to you. I know you've been watching a little bit of the old-school wrestling. Uh, Jerry's a couple years older than me, so he knows Hulkamania and all that stuff. So, big, big shout-out to him and the rest of my family and other friends and relatives who might be hearing from this. I just took a few days just to unwind. And I did some shopping, which I don't get to do. I don't have a car, so Mom and I... Went to the nearest town and you know got some shoes, got some beer, and I got to get some uh, takeout from my old wing place back home, uh, the wing house. Just fantastic stuff. And while I was at home, I was able to watch NXT TakeOver 36. And I'm going to be getting into that just a little bit later. But first, uh, one of the things that happened, actually right after... I recorded my last show was the return i never thought that i was going to see i was one of the many doubters out there saying you know it's not gonna happen we're never gonna see punk in a wrestling ring again and i have never been so happy to be wrong and to see Our good friend, our queen bee, the K Murphy's reaction on their birthday, by the way, my goodness, what a best birthday present ever for their favorite wrestler to make a return after what? Seven and a half years absent from the business. It was so good. I mean, I was just watching... the the clip again. And I still got goosebumps from it. I still had the hairs on my arm standing up and awesome. And then he cut a very heartfelt promo. I think we've all watched it about 16 times by now. I loved that in the introduction, he name dropped Britt Baker saying that, you know, you know how to make a guy feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. And that's, yep. That's, that's true. And me being a Toronto, well, kind of a Torontonian. Yes, people who were born outside of Toronto like Edge and Christian and Bobby Roode say they're from Toronto because it's easier. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, Punk and Darby Allen, they're going to have a match, a dream match at All Out. And All Out is already next week. Like, by the time you hear this, it's going to be September wake me up when no billy joel armstrong not yet but yes uh, i am ready for september to end because i'm ready for the summer to end i'm ready for this fucking heat to be over with it is like almost 38 degrees with the humidex out there and i'm sorry americans if i'm speaking uh, canadian here let's just say that's just about you know that hit foreigner song about having a fever of 103 except it's like that outside and y'all know I live on a beach and I was just about to go go for a walk and you know put my podcasts on and put my you know my shorts in about knee-deep so my phone don't get wet but I went to the taco bus instead and got a nice pork taco and a beer and because it was so effing hot, I came back out here to record. So Punk, right? He cuts this great promo. Like Darby Allen couldn't keep a straight face because he saw him and staying up in the rafters. And he's saying stuff like, you know, 15 year old CM Punk, you know, Darby Allen would be his favorite wrestler. And yep, that's <laughs> I can definitely see that. It's it's so good to see Punk back in wrestling, you know, he referenced that, you know, he didn't go back to the place that made him sick in the first place. You know what? Power to him for that. (laughs) I actually bought the Best in the World DVD maybe about a month or two after Rumble 2014 because I was reading the dirt cheats even back then. I saw the writing on the wall. I knew he was going to be gone, so I thought I'd, uh, I'd have to scoop it up before it turns into a collector's item you know an example here this is a poor example but the Chris Benoit DVD that I used to own and I got rid of it when I went to college like I got rid of a whole bunch of stuff so I can make money for tuition and all that and because I my parents are going to be empty nesters I thought okay I'm going to get rid of some of this shit in my room because they're going to do it anyways um it goes for like hundreds of dollars now so yeah and you know punks hey I got time here. He says he's gonna be on Dynamite, Rampage, Pay Per View. Jeez, if I see him on Dark, I just might lose it because I might start watching Dark and Dark Elevation because Monday Night Raw sucks. And that's coming from me. <laughs> you know it's bad if I want to take a break from Monday Night Raw because oh my gosh, just insufferable stuff. Uh. You know, Punk's been out a couple of times, and he got the crowd ice cream bars. It took him so long. Now he got the ice cream bars. Then he jumps in the crowd and all that, and I can't say enough good things. I mean, we've all heard it. You know, all of us who do wrestling podcasts as a hobby, or those of us who listen or watch, like, Cultaholic, for example... Or wrestle talk like we, we know, and it's so good. Ah, oh, man, I can't wait for All Out. Like, like seriously. To the point that I might actually spend money on All Out because you know that everyone else watches wrestling a certain way, right? SummerSlam twenty twenty one on uh, the 21st a saturday night for a wwe pay-per-view that that's a weird flex because usually on a saturday night i'll be watching an nxt takeover hypothetically on a pay-per-view weekend now i still haven't watched this entire show because uh that night i was hanging out with my family you know the day before mom and i took off to to my hometown we were hanging out with uh My brother my sister-in-law and the niece and nephew so yep i'll take that over watching watching wrestling any day of the week you know my nephew and i were excitedly talking about the the new pokemon game that's coming out around his birthday again uh it's actually a remake of diamond and pearl for the ds so that'll be something uh to look forward to uh i got home when Becky Lynch was in the ring, standing across from Bianca Belair. A lot of people have feelings about that. And I do too, but they are probably wildly different than, than yours. So uh, you might not like what I have to say. I'm going to warn you right now. So I didn't watch Big E versus Baron Corbin or RK bro versus AJ and Omas or Alexa Bliss with Eva Marie or Damian priest and Seamus, which I heard was a meat slapping affair, which I'm going to have to go back and watch when I have some time. Yeah. I I got in just as Becky Lynch was standing across the ring from Bianca Belair. And you know, mom and I were just getting ready. We're just going to hang out for the night. We're just going to relax. We're going to put on some tea and Oh, Becky Lynch is here. Oh, she's back. Cool. Okay. I sent out a big mark out all caps tweet, I think. And next thing I know, rock bottom and she's the new champion. And people were pissed. And including some of ours, like some, some of ours on the network here, I think weren't too happy or they were confused. Here's my take on it. I think there is going to be a bigger story being told here with... Bianca on the chase you know people are going to be like oh she wasn't ready or she was supposed to face Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks was advertised right up until that night and then there was a a bait and switch with Becky Lynch. Uh, That pisses off a lot of people you know mostly advertisers mostly you know big Sasha fans who are expecting to see her there and when she wasn't it was you know it, it it pissed them off and the fact that Bianca lost in such dramatic fact I'm not gonna use the B word buried because she wasn't fucking buried. I'm gonna say that right now. get that word out of your wrestling vocabulary because a lot of y'all are not using it correctly. Bianca lost. she lost quickly. You can say she got squashed or got jobbed. That happened because it was one manhandle or a rock bottom or a urinagi. If you're David Meltzer, and there we go. We got a new women's champion, and they're looking to make Becky the top heel on SmackDown. And in the absence of of Bailey due to injury, and the fact that see who else is a heel woman on SmackDown Zelina Vega. Talented, good on the mic, not capable of carrying a division. Carmella, adequate in the ring, good on the mic, not good enough to carry a women's division. You see where I'm going here? Becky Lynch, lover or hater, is the top name in the entire women's division against arguably the rest of the four horsewomen. And you know what? baby faces in my mind, they are better when they are on the chase. Like going way back to the Midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express from the 80s. Best tag team feud of all time. I'm dying on that hill. The Babyfaces, the Rock and Roll Express, were far better, storyline-wise, when they were on the chase. When they were going for the belts, when they were going after the Midnight Express and, you know, Going after Jim Cornette for that, you know, that tennis racket shot once again for all the mind games and the shenanigans. And Becky Lynch is going to create that with Bianca. And I think that Bianca could win the title back even as soon as Hell in the Cell, Royal Rumble. Maybe they're burning this out until WrestleMania, which in my mind is not a bad idea because who knows how long Bailey. Is going to be out of commission. And and the rest of the show here uh was at you know Drew McIntyre and jinder Mahal was it was just crap. I mean it was pointless, it was crap. This match could have been better suited for Raw. But Charlotte Flair versus Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley was a damn good triple threat match for the women's championship. Nikki Ash winning the women's title after Money in the Bank and the best like money in the bank, whenever, like, everyone's fighting, she just goes, yoink, and takes off. Why hasn't anyone thought of that? And the superhero gimmick, as controversial to some as it is, was getting booed out of the building, unfortunately. This is something that she put her own twist on, her own heart and soul into, you know, to make her break her, to get her out of catering or, you know, or future endeavors. So I give her Tons of credit, and and Nikki Ash, Nikki Cross, has been one of my favorite women in the company since she debuted, and high key one of my biggest crushes in in wrestling. To if I can be frank with you, Edge coming out with the Brood theme, you know, on SmackDown he had the bloodbath with uh, or the the Brood bath because it was black stuff, like black viscous liquid, whatever you want to call it, because. You know, Fox, uh, you know, they're gonna, you know, of a bloodbath, I don't know, whatever. That was fun. A great match that saw Edge tap him out with a sleeper hold and more of that, please. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Goldberg ended in ref stoppage because this feud is continuing in Saudi Arabia because fuck off. That's why. This match was crap. I was expecting big meaty men slapping meat and this was extremely disappointing. By this time I was so tired from the day you know, I worked that day and I even did some overtime at the at the end of the day before going to hang out with uh, with the kids. I didn't even see Roman Reigns versus versus John Cena. I didn't even see that Brock Lesnar made his return to the company until the following morning. Until I woke up to uh, get ready to leave. And Brock Lesnar with his ponytail. (laughs) Okay. And we're definitely going into the uh, Paul Heyman storyline here. Awesome. The following night, live from my parents' couch in southern Ontario, Canada, was NXT TakeOver 36. And of all places... To watch it on, it was on Sportsnet 360, formerly known as The Score, which has been the longtime home of the WWE in Canada ever since, you know, they broke off from TSN. So I didn't see the Ridge Holland versus Trey Baxter match. It was just a big squash to get uh, Ridge Holland over. But we started with Cameron Grimes versus L.A. Knight for the Million Dollar Championship, a fun comedy match. You know, Ted DiBiase... Locked in the million dollar dream and Cameron Grimes is trying to lock it in a few times himself. And at the end of the day, cave in and Cameron Grimes stacking money to the moon with that million dollar title. My parents were watching this with me, by the way, because, you know, it was in their living room and they're like, oh, I'll watch this. And I used to I used to watch wrestling with my dad. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, we would be doing chores at, at our old family butcher shop. We'd come in, make lunch and watch Bam Bam Bigelow versus Doink the Clown. And it's, uh, yeah, and it was great to spend time with my dad. Uh, he's had health problems for a number of years. So that's, that's all I'm going to say there. He's doing okay right now. So, hey, it's always good to spend times with your folks while you have them. Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai was a great match where... Raquel retained the women's title oh my gosh and this the show stealer of the weekend a front runner for my match of the year for the second year in a row Walter versus Ilya Dragunov for the UK title that saw Ilya Dragunov take the title from Walter after what three years as champion uh, eight, was it, was it eight hundred something? Yeah. Ridiculous amount of days. And I stood in shock for the rest of the night. Like I didn't even register O'Reilly and Adam Cole, uh, in the two out of three falls match, which was nowhere near as good as their other matches. And then Samoa Joe and Karrion Kross was just, was boring. Uh, but Walter and Dragunov just the welts on that man's chest. After and during that match, like my mom (laughs) made a comment about this saying that this match is inhumane. Yeah, because they're beating the piss out of each other for real because Walter's a big lad and he's basically like, yeah, bring it. Just bring it or else. Kind of like this uh, thing I read about Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar had this unspoken agreement where uh, they bring it. That's what I'm going to say there. They bring it. Ed Dragunov is the UK champion. I'm with it, man. I am with it. Kyle O'Reilly defeated Adam Cole 2-1 in the two out of three falls, three stages of hell match where... Yeah, O'Reilly won by reversing the Canadian Destroyer in the first fall. Last shot by Adam Cole in fall two, and fall three was just really anticlimactic. Where... Both both Cole and O'Reilly had uh, chains. Okay, this is telling a story from their previous matches. And Adam Cole gets... I think he gets chained to the bottom rope or something. Or O'Reilly gets chained to the bottom rope and then... Yeah, O'Reilly I think got chained to the bottom rope and then Cole was beaten down on him until he put in the heel hook with his free arm and made Adam Cole tap out. And then Samoa Joe won the NXT title by choking out Karrion Cross. And I'm not even going to talk about Karrion Kross's ridiculous gladiator outfit from Monday Night Raw because screw Monday Night Raw. So that was a great week in wrestling and the week before that being Punk's debut. De- was Punk's debut the week before or was Punk's debut the 20th? And I forget what it was now. This past week has just gone by in a blur and holy crap, Punk is back. Brock is back. Becky is back. Okay. Let's see where this goes. I'm going to take a break here, folks, because I've been going on for the past 20 minutes. I'm going to talk about. Raw from. The third of September 2001. Stay tuned what's up everybody this is king ricky rose your general manager of wrestle Addict radio and host of kings of the rings podcast and it must be friday because right now you are listening to the Fretzel mania podcast exclusively here on wrestle Addict radio the cure for the common wrestling podcast now enjoy the rest of the show it's in time and time to talk about the raw segment of the show which is brought to you by our patreon patreon.com slash russell addict radio five bucks a month gets you access to all of us in a group me chat it gets you 15 percent off of our merch on spring it gets you exclusive shows such as the 20 bell salute and frets Fade five both by yours truly you get Tales of an Epic Nature from King Ricky Rosé, Light the Fuse with Mr. YLP, and any other shows that Mance or VK Murphy may be cooking up, For Patrons Only. Oh, and Willie T's Wrestle Wars. No, it's been a while since Willie's put some stuff up, but his back catalog is still there, along with the back catalog of all of our... Patreon exclusive shows. You can also buy our merch on Spring. Links are in the description below. T-shirts and hoodies, towels, blankets, tapestries, face masks, mugs, all that sort of jazz featuring all of us on WrestleLive Radio, the Fretzelmania Collection, the KOTR Collection which you can also get. Willie T. V. K. Murphy and King Ricky Collections, respectively, the YLP Collection, and the Delight Show Collection, Wrestle Isaac Radio, the Cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast, the Cure for the Common Wrestling Patreon, and the Cure for the Common Wrestling Merch Store. And now it is Monday, September the 3rd, 2001. We are live in my home away from home the Air Canada Center in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, home of my sometimes beloved Maple Leafs and the 2019 NBA champions, the Toronto Raptors. And the show starts right away after a video package with, uh, Kurt Angle and Stone Cold Steve Austin about, you know, Curt Angle's gold medals being thrown in the Detroit River. And there's going to be a follow up to that. And I think you know exactly what it is. Our first match of the night is The Undertaker versus Test. Test, growing up in nearby Oshawa, Ontario, is in kind of a homecoming here, except it is against the dead man. These two would, of course, also face off at No Mercy the following month in a terrible match. I stand corrected. Kane would be the one facing Test at No Mercy. And Booker T would be the one facing the Dead Man. And yeah, both of those matches were kind of crap. And I'm going to get there because that's going to be on Patreon. And Tess, the hometown boy, getting Boot out of the building, well, also because you're facing The Undertaker, and no matter where you are in the world, The Undertaker is over like Rover. Rover or Grover? Anyways, this is a big old uh, slap meat match here, and the commentators are talking about uh, Christian getting a WCW title match in his hometown tonight. Ooh, I wonder how that's going to go. You know, hey, Toronto uh, is not only getting Monday Night Raw tonight, they are getting SmackDown tomorrow night. You just exposed the fact that SmackDown's a taped show. You realize that, Jim, right? Big shout out to Jim Ross. Uh, recently, I think he's going to be phasing out on uh, AEW commentary, which I'll power to him. He's almost 68 years old. and The man can chillax and you know come out and call special matches like he was doing in the WWE uh, before he left. So he can come out and call the, the main event. He can come out and call Punk and Omega when it eventually happens at like full gear or all in. Test with a really impressive flying reverse elbow off the top rope. He does a really nice leg sweep. And there is a Rocky Sucks chant. Not a Rocky Sucks chant. A Rocky Sucks sign. In the crowd there, I guess uh, Rock being one-quarter Canadian uh, doesn't make him that popular. For some odd reason, there's a Go Leafs Go chant breaking out in the arena. The preseason hasn't even started. Gosh, around this time, we wouldn't have even had training camp yet. Like, the Leafs would be coming back from their cottages in the Muskokas to... Come back to Toronto and unwind and get ready for, let's see, 2001, 2002. They made the conference finals against the Carolina Hurricanes that following year. And Matt Sundin scored one of the best goals in Leafs history with one of the best calls by legendary Leafs commentator Joe Bowen. You know, the whole, you know, don't tell me about hard work or determination this is unbelievable that that kind of deal and then they went and pissed away that game and lost the series. Disappointing crushing defeat. The life of a Maple Leafs fan. Yeah. anyways, uh Stephen Richards comes into the ring here and super kicks Taker for the DQ. And yeah, this feud is coming back to to bite us in the butt. We are getting oh no Oh, no, 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 no. Whatever that TikTok song is. Ready, Chronic! This is the vehicle that brings Chronic to the WWE. Adam Bomb and Crush versus The Undertaker and Isaac Yankham DDS. Oh. So backstage, Christian is interviewed, you know, saying that, you know, he's a celebrity in Toronto when these random schmucks come up to him and say, Oh my God, it's Edge's brother. Oh, Ouch ouch is like oh yeah well go go there have a go to the front row whatever blah 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 then goes to security get these reekazoids out of here there's a lot of ugly people in toronto and being a native not a native i'm not from toronto i'm not a native of toronto i'm from the area anyways being from the toronto area can confirm (laughs) And Richards is interviewed backstage about something, and we see the obligatory celebrities being shown in the crowd tonight, and it is members of the Toronto Raptors. Jerome Williams, the Junkyard Dog, and the legendary Vince Carter. Paul Heyman alludes to, uh, that guy calls himself the Junkyard Dog, right? Yep. Oh, he had a match with blah, 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 blah in 1979. Oh, stop, Paul. That was a great, (laughs) a great Reference here, and there is a Mania 18 press conference here with former Premier Mike Harris. Oh no. Oh man, this is a horrible nightmare from from the future or the past. Especially since we're about to go in federal elections in Canada. Our genius of a Prime Minister decides to call an election in the middle of a pandemic, so you know who I am not voting for. Screw you, Trudeau, you sack of... Anyways, <clears throat> yeah, and then we see... Okay, only people from the GTA will know who this man is. Uh, Slack, I don't think... I don't know if you're technically GTA or not, but anyways... A name that's a blast from the past for Ontarians, Mel Lastman, the former mayor of Toronto, who has been in recent years doing... Furniture salesman's commercials, you know, the nobody ones, if you know, you know and seriously hit me up on Twitter or TikTok or something like that. Yeah, I do TikTok now. So backstage, William Regal tell us the jury to find a partner or something like that for the match against the Dudley boys to name the number one contender to the tag titles. And he found one. In comes the big show who is on a motorcycle passing my house right now. Just kidding. He talks Japanese to Tajiri. And then they leave. And then Regal just says a really bad joke to himself. It's like, I guess this is a (laughs) bigger deal than I thought. (laughs) Uh, Full of dad jokes. I am, and I'm not a dad. And and I don't think I ever will be. (laughs) So, yeah, backstage... Austin makes fun of the Canadian's use of the word A. Asshole. And then there's a surprise party that startles Stone Cold. He's just still a little, eh, a little jumpy. I think because he knows that Kurt Angle is after him for getting his gold freaking medals thrown off of a freaking bridge into the Detroit freaking river. And, oh, yeah, we got a big surprise for you. Something, something. Y'all haven't seen Kurt, have you? Yeah, he's got to be scuba diving in the Detroit River. And he's like, oh, we all have another huge surprise for you, Steve. Oh, friggin' Steph. Dudley Boys versus Shojiri for the number one contendership of the tag team titles here. Uh, Just your standard fair match here. Tajiri has the tarantula. And uh, Paul Heyman says... It, uh, it pays to know the commissioner, eh, Tajiri? It's like getting pardoned by Bill Clinton. Okay. Speaking of Bill Clinton, uh, Tajiri's uh, mistress is here. <laughs> Tori Wilson, who has been recently smitten with Mr. Tajiri for some... No, no, Tajiri's not a bad-looking dude. You know, I should be one of the talk. I'm a friggin' ghoul. Paul Heyman says that, you know... That uh, the alliance is more than a family. You know, we are a religion under Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh Tori is accidentally bumped into on the outside. Uh Sho comes in with the choke slam. Low blow. And uh Tajiri accidentally missed his partner, eats the 3D, and the W Boys are the number one contender to the WWE tag team titles, which are being held by the Brothers of Destruction, who are also the WCW Tag Team Champions. Because screw your tag team division, am I right? Backstage, Christian is polishing the Stanley Cup, or the King of the Ring Cup, whatever the heck it is. Booker and Shane come up here and hype up his match, offer him some, uh, a proposition. You know, they can watch the match from afar, and when you win the title, Booker T gets the first shot. And Christian says, I can dig it. And Booker T asks, do you smell what the book is cooking? No. No. WWF New York and I'm not booked tonight is Canyon. Who better than Canyon besides Stone Cold Steve Austin, as he would say. Uh, this is no longer WWF New York. This is Alliance New York. Lame. It's a like he asks the question: who better than Austin? Uh Steph barges in on Stone Cold and Deborah, and he's he's a little jumpy. Like, it, you scared Deborah. Okay. He's like, Deborah's worried about Kurt Angle. No, Steve, you are. Like, hey, fetch me a beer. I want to celebrate this night early. And then the beer is shaken and it explodes in Stone Colt's face. okay Sean and Sean Stacy and Stacy Kubler versus Spike Dudley and Monday Night Raw tonight is brought to you by Zippo, Chef Boyardee, and Starburst. Toronto apparently having over 18,000 fans in attendance, which would be almost only one third of what they would get at WrestleMania 18 in the nearby Toronto Skydome. I refuse to call it the Rogers Center, but I just did. And Spike Dudley finally comes out to the old school Ollie Stalefish Dudley Boy theme that they debuted with. Stacyak has a press slam here. Molly tripped Stacy. Spike does the acid drop, a.k.a. the Dudley Dog, for the win. Stacy yells in Spike's face for some reason, and then... Molly comes in the ring, knocks her down, and does the China handspring elbow into the corner. Backstage, in which would be Edge and Christian's final chat as a tag team, saying that Christian, how awesome it would for you know Edge says how awesome it would be for Christian to win in our home, T.O. And it's like Christian's like I gotta go on my own, and this trophy belongs to you, and. Yeah, my title may be more prestigious than yours when I win it, but you're just a little... Christian's just being just a little douchey here. There's just turning the screws just ever so slightly, just a bit. And he's really good at doing that. Uh, Saturn finds a ransom note backstage for Moppy. It has, you know, we have Moppy. Uh, we'll set her free for a $100,000. I mean... He could use Ted DiBiase or Cameron Graham's help for this one, am I right? Just, yeah. And then backstage, we see actually in that whole bit with Saturn, we see the old school, the OG, the better Toronto Raptors logo, hashtag WeTheNorth. If you know, you know. And he is asking for help in the camera pants to see the hurricane complete in brand new Green Lantern esque super, super. Hero garb, Citizen Saturn. Let's see, here's the M as in moppy, M as in mystery, M also stands for Matt Hardy. So maybe go talk to him. What's up with that? Just bringing up little elements of his geeky yet amazing superhero persona. And he's trying to pin this whole thing on Matt Hardy when, spoiler alert, it's Raven. Booker T and Shane McMahon are coming to the ring to watch the next match. And Booker T is establishing himself as the special guest ring announcer for this. And Shane McMahon as the timekeeper. Coming up first, the challenger, Toronto's own Christian. He grew up in Kitchener, which is an hour away from... Shut up, actually, Fretz! Actually, no, I'm not because <laughs> I spent time in Kitchener during college. And that's you know that's how I knew Christian was was from there. And the champion, the so-called WCW champion, the man who wishes he was as talented as me. And if you smell, he couldn't even finish his thought. The Rock comes out of the ring here. There's a distraction where uh, Christian tries to capitalize on it a few times, but nope. Shane McMahon sucker punches The Rock here, and The Rock locking in the sharpshooter shooter gets mega heat. Because unless you are a member of the Hart family, you're not locking in the sharpshooter in Toronto. That is a Canadian law established by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, not just Jacques Rougeau, but the actual police in 1991. Look it up. It's it's legit. (laughs) Stephanie McMahon comes down to the ring to also make fun of us for use of the word A- And asks, why Canadians celebrate Thanksgiving in October? Why celebrate it at all? Because it's not like there were any Canadian pilgrims. Okay, bitch. For the record, we celebrate Thanksgiving the second weekend in October to celebrate the blessings and the harvest from the past year. And then she says, I understand you wanting to be more like America. Ha 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 No. And rightfully, my Torontonians break out in a slut chance, calls Canada the laziest country on the world. Fuck off. That is completely not true. And presents Stone Cold Steve Austin with a nice, brand new 2002 Ford F 150. A gorgeous two-door truck with power steering. Pistons popping. Ain't no stopping now. Panama. Wait, I'm sorry. Uh, as soon as I heard power steering, got the fear in power steering. RIP Eddie Van Halen. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. Uh, a six foot cab. My dad had that truck, by the way. And in the back of the cab, Stone Cold is like, oh, this nice car. Look at this leather. It's fine Corinthian leather. Okay, my dad didn't have that version. We weren't that rich. And he stands on the back of the truck. I'm king of the world. Kurt Angle nails Austin in the back with with a steel pipe. Puts a chain and a cinder block in the back of the truck and takes off with Stone Cold in the back of the truck unconscious. Kurt Angle abducts Stone Cold Steve Austin, and the Alliance is calling for help. And Steph says, listen, Canadian police. Okay, for one thing, they called the OPP, the Ontario Provincial Police, where they should have called the Mountie because they always get their man. Angle and Austin are are at a bridge over, it's not Lake Ontario, it looks like a canal that winds up in Lake Ontario. I think I know exactly where that bridge is, by the way. And he is chained to the cinder block and he's blindfolded. And he's saying that I'm going to throw you over this bridge. And Stone Cold's like, no, <laughs> it's over. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, you know what? This bridge isn't high enough. And they take off to the next one. Just take him to the CN Tower and throw him off of that. That's like the what? The second, third tallest building on this planet? Come on, Kurt. Do you even Toronto if you threaten to throw your friend off the CN Tower? Gosh, tourists. Lance Storm versus Edge for the Intercontinental title. And Edge's little cup there. <laughs> that's the only cup Toronto's ever going to see. Oh! That's why you burning the Leafs. You're a fan. Because they've burned me so many times in the past. Lance Storm jumps Edge before the bell rings, and this is your classic Hart Family Dungeon Calgary Stampede technical wrestling. My cup of tea. Lance Storm has the half-crab maple leaf locked in for an eternity. Edge then rolls up Lance for the win and retains the title. After the match, Lance Storm tries to grab a chair, to uh, nail Edge with and Christian runs him off and then he's about to leave the ring but he grabs Edge's trophy he hands it to Edge they have a hug BAM! Steel chair Christian turns on Edge (gasps) that means Christian Christian At last, you're on your own. Oh, yes. Oh, we're finally here. Douchebag Heel Christian. The greatest wrestling theme in the history of the business. And I will fight anyone on that. This is the greatest theme of all time. I mean, the use of Latin in the uh, interlude here that basically translates to I have stepped out of the shadow of my brother and now my own man. Like this this part right here. And this part, like, the world is mine, I think. Something like that. Look it up. Ah. This is one of my favorite heel turns ever. And... I've been a Christian Mark ever since. Although I think it was stupid for him to be a member of the Alliance just because he was feuding with his brother who is WWE. Still, we have a feud that has potential, but As we'll see throughout the course of the next little while, it just doesn't land. I mean, Christian is great at playing that bratty, petulant, snotty, whiny little brother. You know, I look at this as the modern day Hart family feud where Edge is the one getting the better to look at the one who's getting the bigger push, the one that everyone is gravitating towards. And little Christian, who is there for the ride, who is there on the coattails, well, not really, because they were seven time tag team champions. So they were successful as a duo, but there was always that lingering jealousy, and it finally boiled to the surface in their hometown. That made it so, so much better. And for good measure, a concerto by Christian after all of this. Mwah! Chef's kiss. RVD and Rhino versus Jeff Hardy and Y2J. And at the SmackDown, I believe it was the one after SummerSlam because Jeff Hardy has been absent for a little bit. He goes for a swanton off the ladder to the outside through a table. That was a mouthful onto RVD, but misses and injures himself, because uh, that would hurt. And because it was 2001, because it was only four years after the Montreal screw job, fans chanted, you screwed Brett at Earl Hebner. And good lord, if there was an NWA event in Toronto today, uh, much like the one tonight, NWA 73, with uh, Trevor Murdoch's career on the line... Earl Hebner would get you screwed, Brett Chance. I think at this point, out of adulation, I don't know. I I, I just don't know. But holy crap, guys! Seriously, the wound is still fresh. I mean, speaking as a Canadian and someone who went to a house show three days after the screw job, it's touchy issue, man. I mean, we love Brett. Always will. And that wounded us and the wounds were still healing a swan Tom by Jeff Hardy. And he is selling his back injury after. And with uh, Jericho distracting the referee due to, Hey man, uh, not legal stuff. uh, Rhino takes advantage here and does some more damage. Onto Jeff Hardy. Finally, there is a hot tag, a plancha to Rhino and, uh, Jericho rolls up RVD, and looks like we're getting this feud for Unforgiven. Yep, I'll take that. And then now they're at a... There, I mean, gosh. Steve Austin and Kurt Angle are at a higher bridge. And... Yep, okay, here we go. We're at a higher bridge. Still looking over. It looks like a river. I mean, it's not Lake Ontario, unless it's like a little inlet or a fjord or a river that's part of Lake Ontario still... It looks like pretty shallow water at the bottom of that. So, no. And Kurt Angle is telling a blindfolded Steve Austin still chained to a cinder block to cry for me. Beg for your life while you go for an ad break. And while they're pay- while they're paying the bills to TSN, Deborah is pleading in the ring and crying and Paul Heyman gets up from commentary to try and uh, comfort her. Steve begins apologizing. And begging. And like, Kurt Angle's going like, what? So to kind of patronize and make fun of Steve Austin here. And Steve just starts crying and and begging. He's like, you're pathetic.
1: I'm sorry.
0: I'm so sorry, Kurt. I took your medals. I'll go get them. I'll go jump in the Detroit River and get them. I know where the bridge was. It's like, cry for me, Austin. (laughs) You're pathetic. You know what I want from you, Steve? I want a rematch for the WWE title in my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, kid, <laughs> you got it. And you know what? I am gonna shove you off this bridge, and then he shoves Steve into a kiddie pool full of water. <laughs> Steve is flopping around like a fish and panicking, <laughs> just. <laughs> You're pathetic, Steve. I'll see you at Unforgiven. Oh, if there's any way to make Stone Cold even more detestable, even more healy. Crying. (laughs) That's the way to do it. (laughs) Okay, what did I remember from this show as I close out? Obviously, it's the Christian heel turn. Come on. It's the thing I marked out for the most, other than CM Punk's debut, because I talked a little bit about modern stuff. And with AEW being awesome and possibly getting Daniel Bryan, I might bring in a little bit more retro stuff. I mean, gosh, current stuff into the show that's not Monday Night Raw or SmackDown or NXT, although SmackDown's been okay lately. What did I forget? I totally forgot that uh, the Angle Austin Bridge thing, that this happened in Toronto. I knew kind of that the whole gold medals off the bridge, was in Detroit. But I didn't know this thing, the making Steve Austin cry, was in Toronto. And that makes it so much better <laughs> being from Ontario. And what would I change? I mean... Maybe Christian as the champ? That would rub a little bit more salt in the wound for... For the heel turn for the Edge versus Christian deal, but The Rock had just won the title at SummerSlam a few weeks ago, so I don't know. There's not a lot here I would actually change. I thought the heel turn here was like, you know, the grandma, the great aunt, or the whatever. The Edge was always on the phone with 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 Christian. Uh, there was a one thing a little bit further, and I was like, oh, yeah, she's having a heart attack, blah, 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 ends up being an ambush. What if that was the catalyst for it right there? But the way that they pulled off this heel turn in Toronto was amazing. So I don't think I would change anything on this show. Maybe threatening to throw Steve Austin off the CN Tower, but that's, <laughs> that's a bit much. So thank you for listening to this. A little bit longer episode of Fretzelmania, because as I said been a couple of weeks since i've sat down and recorded a lot of stuff has went down in pro wrestling but i had a good vacation i'm working every day until i think labor day so i'll still be able to squeeze in a little bit of stuff here because i'm damn sure going to be watching all out uh, any way i can so <clears throat> i'll be talking about that holy crap i was gonna predict all out You know what i'm not gonna do it maybe patreon patreon after dynamite this week i'm gonna try and get you some all out predictions hey more incentive to tell your friends and tell their friends and so on and so on and so on to join our patreon it's five bucks or it's more like 750 or something in canada so taint that bad so thank you very much again folks this is where i'm actually going to say goodbye Take care, keep your stick on the ice, and see you next week.